G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As the same-sex marriage legislation makes its way through the House of Representatives, you might be wondering what the long-time campaigners for the traditional definition of marriage are feeling about the integrity of the process. Well, it's especially significant since the idea of there being adequate protections for freedom of conscience, freedom of speech and freedom of religion just won't be there. And that affects every Australian. Without any doubt, the longest serving campaigner for marriage between a man and a woman has been the Reverend Fred Nile of the Christian Democratic Party, who serves in the New South Wales Legislative Council, the Upper House. He's been concerned about the betrayal that's come from the government on these issues of religious liberty. He's joining us. Hello, Fred Nile. Welcome back to 2020. Yes, Neil. Fred, what do you make of the assurances that came from the likes of the Attorney-General about Australian voters and no inconsistency between same-sex marriage and religious freedoms? Well, he's ignoring what is happening uh, in overseas countries, in the United States and in Canada and in the UK, that the, the law is being interpreted in such a way uh, that people can be forced to support same-sex marriage, whether it's making cakes for a same-sex marriage or even uh, being a, um, a marriage celebrant, uh, being forced to register a same-sex marriage when the person is a Christian and say, according to my conscience, I, I do not want to participate in that. And what's annoying, Neil, is that they're targeting Christians in these cases overseas, and I'm sure it will happen here, whereas in each opportunity they had, they, the, the, the homosexual couple could have gone to another person, could have gone to another cake manufacturer, could have gone to another marriage celebrant who supported them, but they have deliberately targeted a, a, a conservative Christian uh, who has strong uh, convictions on this issue, and even at the risk of losing their job, which has actually happened, uh, in America, a marriage celebrant was sacked from her job in the in a government department and register of marriages and so on. So, and, and the cake manufacturer in the United States, their business has been sent bankrupt, bankrupt, and they're still facing a court case which has cost them some thousands of dollars in America. Fred Nile, you've been suggesting that George Brandis was, in fact, pretending to be oblivious. Uh, to what had been going on overseas. And, of course, the sorts of things that we've been talking about on this program might indicate that is true. What are your thoughts about this sort of pretense to be oblivious to uh, the downside of what we'll get with same-sex marriage? Well, he's pretending that he doesn't know of any negative uh, impact, but he does know no no one in Australia, uh, especially a person in his position, uh, leader of the government in the Senate and also uh, a barrister himself 
who knows the law, he knows what's been happening, and I've been sending reports to all the members of Parliament, as has other uh, Christian leaders in Australia. So all these cases have been brought to his attention, and there's no reason to assume that the same won't happen in Australia. And we've already had some cases in Australia. You probably remember that um, Archbishop uh, Porteous in uh, Tasmania, he issued a, a Catholic Church booklet which simply stated the Catholic Church's position on marriage between a male and a female and a lesbian uh, person, transsexual lesbian, then took him uh, to the tribunal and uh, he was facing a serious complaint. Uh, but in, uh, in our Christian Democratic Party campaign in Tasmania, we used that case as an exam example of discrimination against Christians. And so uh, the homosexual movement then dropped the case against the Archbishop to avoid that bad publicity uh, during the Tasmanian election. It doesn't mean that they, they don't believe uh, in what they're doing, but uh, I suppose you could say we bluffed them on that uh, particular uh, example. But they will continue uh, across Australia. The, the uh, homosexual movement has, be, has always been militant, but it's become increasingly militant. Uh, there's been a change in the culture in Australia where uh, anti-Christian groups have put up with Christians, tolerated Christians, ignored Christians. But that environment, from my observation, has changed dramatically. We're now facing a, a new aggressiveness uh, by anti-Christian movements uh, against a committed Christian who has a conservative Christian faith, a, a Bible-based Christian faith, based on the creeds of the church and so on. They're, they're being consistent in their faith they're the Christians that are being targeted now by these aggressive anti-Christian forces. Previously, they, they would have ignored the Christian and just laughed at them. But now they want to uh, put them up against the wall in a legal sense and uh, cause them great uh, distress by forcing them to hire a lawyer. And that's the legal advice you get when these cases come. You can't take the risk of trying to defend yourself in court. And once you employ lawyers, of course, then you have legal expenses in uh, tens of thousands of dollars. So it's an attempt to intimidate Christians, gag Christians, silence Christ Christians, and we must not uh, allow that to happen. So without adequate protections for freedoms, you're predicting that there'll be a new battlefield in the courts. And as you've said, uh, with the likes of Archbishop Porteous, this is going to be quite common in the times to come. That's right. And uh, I've already been, uh, in my own personal case, I've already been sued five times and I've been before the New South Wales Anti-Discrimination Board once. So I'm well aware of the tactics of these uh, anti-Christian individuals. And that's before we had the same-sex marriage legislation. So I'm sure they will use it uh, to the fullest extent uh, to virtually persecute Christians uh, in Australia and persecute Christian leaders, church leaders. And so this is a very serious... It's the most serious issue confronting us. Same-sex marriage legislation, of course, is totally... 
the opposite to biblical teaching. That no one would question that. Uh, that's stated quite clearly in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And uh, we have those verses uh, in the Old Testament repeated by our Lord uh, Jesus Christ. And a man shall leave his mother and his father and shall cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And that's a basic definition of marriage in, in the Bible, which starts off in the Old Testament. But our Lord himself quoted those words and so did the apostles. So they reinforced that as the Christian definition of marriage. Uh, a Christian can never accept marriage between two men or two women, and especially between two men, uh, because it means, and I know, I believe, one of the reasons why the homosexual males have pursued the same-sex marriage so strongly is once the law is passed, and I hope it still won't be passed if it is passed, that then gives them legitimacy in their lifestyle. Uh, two men uh, can have sex together, can commit sodomy together, and say, well, we, we now have the full support of the law uh, in our uh, sex life, which pre prior to that, as you know, in, in all the states, up until a few years ago, uh, sodomy and other activity was actually against the law. There was state law against it, and we had that in, in uh, New South Wales, but those laws have now been repealed. And so um, to that extent, there is no law prohibiting it, but the fact that the marriage law has changed for two men to be legally married and recognised uh, by the state gives the legitimacy to their lifestyle. And I believe that has been the main objective of all this debate about same-sex marriage has been to protect the homosexual male lifestyle. Fred Nile, as you reflect on having been sued five times, and that was when the law was that marriage was between mm -hmm. one man and one woman. Now, uh, being sued five times, very significant, because the Bible definition, as you're describing it, of marriage between a man and a woman isn't going to change. No one can legislate the change to the biblical definition. <coughs> so what is going to be different, do you think, about being sued post-same-sex uh, marriage law, when it is the law that same-sex marriages are, in fact, the law of the land? What's going to be very different about that which is going to come out in the courts? Well, first of all, if you take it from its simplest uh, level, what will happen in the education system before we get to the courts, that teachers will be required to teach uh, same-sex marriage to their classroom. And that would be from infants, primary, secondary, uh, university, because that will be the law. And I'm sure if any teacher... Uh, raise doubts about the legality of that law, they would be reported to the school and probably would be uh, sacked. So every teacher will be intimidated uh, by the law and the threat uh, by their employer. Uh, they must enforce and uphold that law without uh, question marks and so on. So that's the problem we're going to face in the future uh, in our education system. The same will apply in the courts. There will be an open opportunity. Say, if a, a, a minister says he won't conduct the same-sex marriage and he's been targeted deliberately as a conservative Christian, 
then they could lay a complaint against him to take him to court. I know there is some discussion that uh, registered clergy will be exempt uh, from that law, that they won't be forced to marry people uh, that they don't recognise under Christian uh, belief. But I still have some doubts as to how that will work in the future because I know how aggressive these people are in attacking uh, traditional Christians. So there's no doubt that at some point uh, Christians will be taken to court. I know that the marriage celebrants already, that the homosexuals are trying to make it clear that marriage celebrants uh, will have to marry same-sex couples. It'll be compulsory for them. Uh, now, there are Christians who have registered as marriage celebrants in some smaller denominations uh, who may not be recognised as uh, an ordained minister because of the smallness of their denomination. Uh, they would be at risk under this law. Now, I know, uh, to bring you up to date, that uh, uh, 10 members of the House of Representatives have drafted amendments to protect Christians, and they will endeavour to move those amendments but we know already those amendments were moved in the Senate and were overwhelmingly rejected by the Senate and only supported by a handful uh, of senators. So I'm assuming the same could happen. I hope it won't in the House of Representatives that the 10 uh, members uh, have announced they will move these amendments to protect Christians to amend the Same-Sex Marriage uh, Act that's now before the House of Representatives. But they have to get the majority, you know, 50% plus one to have uh, legal success in the House of Representatives. So uh, I'm very disappointed already that um, Tony Abbott, who has fought a very strong battle against the same-sex marriage uh, legislation in the House of Representatives, said that he will not oppose the uh, same-sex bill in the House of Representatives and would attend the same-sex marriage of his sister. Now, I know he's under a lot of personal pressure in that family situation, uh, but I still believe he could have been, should have been consistent uh, in opposing the same-sex marriage bill in the House of Representatives and to vote against it, as we have always expected he would. Fred Nye, let me ask you about conservative politics, because... Malcolm Turnbull has already announced that the Liberal Party is no longer conservative but centrist. And with this that you're calling a betrayal of the Australian people, a betrayal of people who had some level of trust in a conservative style of government to protect some very basic freedoms, what are your predictions for how conservative-thinking people uh, will respond to the government? Because uh, in your own party, the Christian Democratic Party, and there are other uh, minor parties uh, like the Australian Conservatives, uh, is there a flood of support that's coming into the smaller parties as a result of this level of betrayal? Yes, there's no doubt about that. Obviously, those Christians would already be uh, discouraged from supporting the Labor Party, and a number of them would have been Labor Party supporters originally, particularly from the uh, Catholic uh, Church point of view. They would have been Catholics who were in the Labor Party. But now the Labor Party has rejected any uh, compromise, if you like, on these issues. And the Labor leader, Mr Shorten, announced if he won the election, and he could win the next election, 
uh, he would have brought this in within 100 days. Well, he won't have to worry now because uh, the Turnbull government will have brought it in in less than 100 days, the way the uh, voting appears to be going in the House representatives. I've got no reason to believe that the House representatives will reject uh, the same-sex marriage bill. A small group of members have said they will vote against it, uh, but at this stage it's only 10 or more. Hopefully it could be more, hopefully it could be the majority, but there's no sign of that. I think there's uh, such compromise now within the coalition Liberal Party. I know it's still conservative voices in the National Party, and that's part of the tension at the moment within the coalition between the Liberal Party and the National Party, uh, that they're taking a, a different point of view on these issues. But uh, I imagine that they're fearful of splitting the coalition. Uh, if they do that, then, of course, they won't be in government. So the National Party has to compromise and accept the very poor leadership from the Liberals and tag along with them to just keep the coalition uh, in place so they can hold the majority of seats uh, in the House of Representatives and be the ongoing government. At the moment, they're only in front by one seat. It will be touch and go, I think, with the next election uh, that the Liberal National Party will have trouble winning the next election and we will finish up with a Labor government. Uh, I hope and pray that won't happen with a, a very um, lacklustre Prime Minister in Mr Shorten. And uh, I, I believe that'll be a very bad and sorry day for Australia and for the Christians of Australia. So I hope and pray that they will support the minor parties like the Christian Democratic Party and hopefully there will be enough of those uh, minor party candidates elected to counteract some of the proposals coming through from the Labor government, Labor Party. Uh, well, Fred Nile from the Christian Democratic Party who serves in the New South Wales Legislative Council. Uh, Fred, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts with us today on 2020. And I give my assurance to your listeners I will never give up fighting this battle to maintain and protect traditional marriage. I, I say in, in my mind, marriage as we have it is God's model and the other model is Satan's model. So it's a black and white choice for Christians and I believe for the rest of the Australian community between God's model and Satan's model. So we have to pray that God's model will finally uh, succeed in our nation. Fred Nile, thanks for joining us. Thank you. God bless you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.